Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Once again, to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stences, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa, serving as a missionary since 1996. And uh, we are having the time of our life here serving the Lord and uh, continuing to train servants of God for the ministry. And uh, I am so excited about being in the podcast here today. Got a lot to talk about. And uh, thank you once again for joining with us during this time. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, how wonderful that promise is. We read that promise every single time we do this podcast because I want to encourage you that whatever you are doing for the Lord Jesus Christ, it is not in vain. Uh, It is not forgotten. And even though man around you, men and women around you may not ever know what you do, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is not forgetful of you your works. And uh, thank you so much for serving the Lord. Thank you so much for being faithful to him. Uh, We need more and more people to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ as his coming draws near. Well, I can't believe that Christmas is just a couple of days away. And uh, boy, I tell you what, it's just uh, snuck up on us really, really quick. And uh, I know for myself, uh, it has come up quickly just because uh, my mind has been on a lot of things. My wife has been back in the U.S. for uh, the last two, about almost six weeks uh, in the States because of the health reasons and surgery. And uh, so I try to stay as busy as I can uh, just to keep my mind off of that and uh, and just to stay uh, stay busy doing Doing things, staying busy in the ministry, and uh, so doing that helps the time to go by fast. And so, boy, you wake up and Christmas is already here, and uh, it is hard to believe. And uh, I definitely received uh, one of my best Christmas presents, and that was when I picked up my wife from the airport uh, last week. And uh, what a blessing it was to be able to see her again, uh, missed her so much. And uh, no doubt you have been uh, praying with me for her uh, during this time as she had to go back for knee surgery. And uh, so things are looking well. And uh, right before she flew out, she had another doctor's appointment. And uh, praise the Lord, all of her numbers are in the normal category. And uh, so the only thing that she really has to do right now is uh, to exercise the knee, get the strength back in the knee. And uh, so she's going to be working on a uh, stationary bike, just trying to get the, the knee loose and strengthened up the way it needs to be. And uh, so your prayers for her would be most appreciated. But uh, 2022 was not over yet because uh, as soon as we landed, she had an appointment at the eye doctor uh, there in the capital city. And so she went to check on her eye. And uh, the doctor had told us before that after her uh, retinal surgery, that many times that uh, calcium will start to build up uh, in the eye. And so they just need to do a simple procedure where you, they just go in with a laser, they remove the calcium. And uh, so he said that calcium will probably cause some blurriness in her eye. 
And uh, so we went in there to do this. It was supposed to take five or ten minutes, and uh, she went in there and found out there is no calcium in the eye, so we praise the Lord for that. However, what was causing the uh, blurriness was the fact that the doctor in the States who was supposed to remove uh, the silicone oil that was put in the eye after her uh, retinal uh, uh, surgery did not get all the oil out. And uh, I just... (laughs) You know, sometimes you think, hey, let's just go back to America because there's better doctors back there. And then you find out that this these things happen. And so but anyway, uh, so she found out that she needed to have eye surgery that day uh, to get the, the rest of that oil out of her eye. And so we had to go back to the eye doctor that afternoon. Fortunately, the doctor that does those surgeries was in on that particular day and he was able to get us right in. And uh, so this past week, she's been been in some discomfort, some pain uh, just because of the surgery. But uh, we're hoping and praying now that that oil is out, there's no calcium buildup in the eye. Uh, we're hoping and praying that uh, her eye will be back to normal. And so God's in control. And uh, we don't understand always why God allows things to happen the way it does. But uh, he is in control. All things work together for his good and for his purpose. And uh, I'm just so thankful uh, to have my wife back. And I know my kids are glad to have their mom back. And uh, it's just it's just good to be uh, together again. And uh, so I appreciate your prayers. Thank you so much for praying for her uh, on a daily basis. And uh, we sure saw the answer to prayers there. And uh, and so just continue to pray for her, continue to pray that God will continue to strengthen her so that uh, Lord willing, coming up in January, she'll be able to get right back into the ministry and uh, doing uh, the work of God with me. And uh, that is a great blessing there. And so that brings you up to date as far as she is concerned. And so I hope that uh, you're going to be having a great Christmas season uh, this year. Uh, You know, when you're in Uganda, East Africa, on the equator, uh, sometimes it's hard to get into what is known as the Christmas spirit. And uh, the reason for that is because if you go into town right now, and uh, again, that we're just a couple of days before uh, Christmas, uh, there's no decorations, there's no uh, you know Christmas trees out in the middle of the 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 city, or there's there's just nothing like that, and and then you know the weather is not cold, and uh, so. <laughs> It's just, it's hard to kind of get into that. And so you kind of have to make it yourself, you know, come into your house, play some Christmas music and uh, decorate the tree and decorate the house and things like that. And so, so we've done all that. And, uh, and uh, so we're looking forward to this Christmas time. We're going to be going down to Kasese, uh, which is a town on the uh, Kenya border. And uh, that is, or not the Kenya border, I'm sorry, uh, down on the uh, Zaire border, the Congo. And And uh, that's where my brother is working. So we're going to spend a week down there with him and his family and uh, celebrating Christmas uh, with him. And so we're looking forward to that. It's been a long time since I've been down there and uh, looking forward to getting down there and spending some time with family and uh, looking forward to preaching for him as well uh, while I am down there. So uh, I don't know what you're doing for Christmas, but I hope you have some good plans in store to be with your friends and family and uh, taking this opportunity, taking this time to remember uh, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, uh, right now, uh, 
uh, as I'm looking outside my window here, it is raining again. We've probably had rain every single day for the last four weeks. And uh, we are in the, we should be the end of rainy season, but the rainy season just keeps on going on and going on. And normally I tell people that uh, on Christmas, uh, sometimes we'll go down to a, a lake uh, that is not too far from here. We'll go camping, we'll go swimming, we'll do all that, you know, because we're on the equator. So what else would you do on Christmas but go swimming in the lake? And uh, But uh, this rainy season is really pushing up against uh, Christmas. And so we may have a wet, cold Christmas. And, of course, for us over here, cold is 70 degrees. And so, uh, so those of you back in the States who are uh, dealing with snow and ice and, and uh, freezing rain, uh, I feel sorry for you. And uh, so we'll try not to um, not to be too excited about our weather over here, but it is nice being able to have Christmas uh, in uh, the in a country that's on the equator. And because uh, I do not like uh, cold weather at all, I really don't. Uh, I'd rather have hot weather any time of the uh, year. And uh, so God knew what He was doing when He put me here. And uh, so you know, and I understand there is uh, there is some type of uh, nostalgia when you you know, have the snow falling in the, in the Christmas, you know, carols being sung in the cold weather and the coats bundled up and the hats and all that. And I was watching a, uh, football game, uh, this last week, uh, uh, where the, uh, bills were playing the Miami dolphins and, uh, and it was just uh, watching that snowfall, and uh, and yet the stadium is just packed, and it's in the twenties, and and it's just <laughs> I don't understand why people get enjoyment out of that. But hey, uh, everybody has their own likes and dislikes. Amen. But uh, anyway, so we're, we're looking forward to having a good Christmas and I hope that you are too. And, uh, and again, don't get caught up so much with the uh, commercialism of, of Christmas. Uh, it really has, uh, it's really become sad as to how commercialized uh, everything has been. And I know we hear that every year and it gets worse every year, uh, but make sure that you take time with your family uh, in whatever you do, whatever tradition you have uh, to just sit down and remember the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and remember that he came uh, to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. He was born of a virgin and uh, because of his birth and because of his death, you and I have the opportunity to have eternal life and uh, what a great great thing that that is. Well, today I was trying to think, you know, we're just a couple of days away from Christmas and so I was trying to think, you know, what what kind of a Christmas uh, encouragement could I bring uh, to our listeners? Again, trying to always keep things within the uh, idea of always abounding and making sure that we're always uh, doing more for the Lord Jesus Christ. And and so, a lot of times when I when I read my Bible or when I hear preaching, uh, God just God just begins to work on my heart and teach me some things and show me some things. And so, I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter one. Uh, the book of John chapter 1, and uh, that's what we'll be looking at a scripture here today, John chapter 1. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I like to, you know, look at, sometimes you'll see this on the news or in newspapers. Uh, you'll see where everyone's always trying to tell you what the top 10 
things are. You know, the uh, the top ten uh, sports uh, persons, or the top ten cars, or the top ten banks, or the top ten presidents, the the top ten uh, computers or phones or or whatever. And uh, during Christmas, it's it's no different. Uh, the other day, as I was reading the news, uh, you know, the top ten gifts for teenagers and the top ten gifts. Uh, for fathers or for your wives. And uh, they even have the top 10 gifts that you can give your pets. Uh, it's hard to believe, but uh, it's true. But uh, but t- t- today I want to talk about not the top 10, but I want to talk about the top two Christmas gifts, the top two Christmas gifts. And, uh, and I believe those top two Christmas gifts are found uh, in this passage of Scripture. And you say, how in the world did you get Christmas and gifts and all of that out of first, or out of John chapter 1. Well, let's look here, and uh, I, I think you'll be able to see where I'm coming from here. The Bible says in verse number 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. All right, so there we have uh, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now notice the Bible says, first of all, in there, verse number 14, And the word was made flesh. Now, that, that is a very interesting thing there, and you and I, we look at the Bible, and uh, we see the word, word, is capitalized, and so we understand it's referring uh, to a person. Uh, it's, it's taking something that is inan- uh, inanimate and making it into uh, something that is real, something that is personified uh, into reality. And uh, this would be only something that God can do. Only God can take something that is inanimate and make it animate, all right? He can He's the only one who can take the word and take the word and make it to be someone, make it to be somebody. And so just by way of introduction here, because he says there in verse number 14, and the word was made flesh. Uh, So if the word was made flesh, then it would behoove us to be able to find out who this word was. How can a word be made flesh, all right? How is it possible for something that is not an object, not a human, how is it possible for a word to become flesh? Well, we need to understand what the word is. And so the Bible describes it very carefully. And and, a lot, and again, a lot of this is just a review for many because we know this, we've been brought up with this, we've been taught this. Uh, but let's just go through it very quickly. Let's go back to verse number one. In the beginning was the word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended 
it not. And uh, so we see several things here about the word and helping us to understand who this word is. Uh, and, and, and when we understand what the word is, it will really help us to be able to understand the, the awesomeness and the incredibleness of the word becoming flesh. Now, notice that Bible says it was in the beginning. Uh, in the beginning was the word. Now, God has no beginning. And so uh, the, the only beginning that he can be referring to here is the beginning of creation, the beginning of what we would refer to as time. Uh, there's no time with God. God is always been. He has always been. He is eternal. There is no time. He is not bound by time. But in the beginning, when all of uh, time began, when creation began, when man was created, the word was there. And so he was there during creation. Notice not only was he there at the beginning, but the, he goes even further. He says, and the word was with God. All right. So we see here, uh, we, we, the word was with God. And so we see a, a division here. We see two different entities here. We see the word and we see God. We see that they are with each other. But then he goes even further. He says, and the word was God. And so again, we understand the Trinity. We understand that God is in three parts, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. And, uh, they are different in work. They are different in purpose, but they are one God. The word was with God and the word was God. So this that was made flesh was in the beginning during creation. He was with God. So therefore the word is eternal. And the Bible says the word was God. He's co-equal with God. He is, he is God, they're, they're, everything about Jesus Christ while he was on the earth, though he was 100% man uh, and though he was born of the Virgin Mary, he was 100% God. Now, as God, notice the Bible says in verse number two, the same was in the beginning with God. So he's there with God. Again, we're seeing uh, the Trinity identified here. In verse number three, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So the word was the creator. The word, verse number four, in him was life. So the word is life. He is the life giver. And this life was the light of men. This life giver would provide the light of salvation. And this light, notice in verse number seven, the same came for a witness, talking about John, uh, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And so this light, which comes from the life that the word brings, has been shined upon every single individual, every single person uh, that has been born in this world. Every single person has had an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their savior to accept the word. Now, so we see he was in the beginning. We see that he was with God. He was God. He was the creator. He's the life giver. He is the light. And yet we find in verse number 14 that this word became flesh and dwelt 
among us, all right? He was made flesh. He was uh, the Holy Spirit of God put that seed into Mary, and Mary uh, was conceived of the Holy Spirit of God, and that Mary was able to bring forth uh, that man-child, Jesus Christ, without any, uh, without any of man's seed, without any of the sinfulness of man. He was perfect. He was, he was born of a woman perfectly, without any sin, without any, uh, without any tarnish, without any, uh, without any uh, part that would say that he is part of the curse of man or part of the sinfulness of man. He was perfect in every way because he was God. The word was made flesh. Okay, so that's who we're talking about here. Now, so you say, what are the top two Christmas gifts? Uh, and, and as I read this, it just, it, it dawned on I me. Mean, notice it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And so uh, John is saying, hey, we saw his glory. We saw who he was. We saw that he was the begotten of the Father. I mean, Peter, James, and John were uh, one of the three that saw uh, him on the Mount of Transfiguration and heard God tell them that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so John had the opportunity uh, with Peter and James to be able to see his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. But for, for sake of our uh, talk today, for sake of this lesson today, I want us to just leave out the parentheses for just a little bit. Uh, I'm not taking out the Word of God, but I but I want to see without the parentheses because I want to I want to show you these gifts that were brought to us. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace. And truth, full of grace and truth. Now, the grace and truth encompassed or embodied, or, or maybe I should say it this way, the word that was made flesh embodied everything we know about grace and everything that we know about truth. And as I begin thinking about this, you and I today who are saved, you and I today that are born again, we are a product of these two gifts. When Jesus Christ came to this earth and was born of Mary, he was born full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth. Now, when you stop and think about it, when you take all of Christianity, when you take all of the word of God, when you take everything that you and I are supposed to do for God, when you take everything that you and I are supposed to believe and everything we're supposed to stand on, it all comes down to these two gifts that were brought to us through the birth of Jesus Christ, this gift of grace and this gift of truth. All right, so I, I, I just want to talk about these just for a little bit and remind us what I believe are the top two Christmas gifts uh, that have been given to us because of the birth of Jesus Christ. And I believe these two gifts are mentioned here. He was full of grace, full of truth. Now, think about the definition of grace. Uh, grace is the free, unmerited love and favor of God, the spring and the source of all the benefits received from him. It is the ability to do and accomplish for God what we cannot do in our flesh. 
Why did Jesus Christ come to this earth? Why did he come to die? He came to die because without his grace, without his bringing grace to us, there is no way we could get saved. Without his grace being brought to us, there's no that way that we could serve him. Now think about this. The Bible says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Now, I think so many times we shortchange the definition of grace just by simply saying, well, that's the unmerited favor of God. And yes, that is true. It is unmerited favor, and it is undeserved. And I understand that very carefully, but I think that when we stop there, we miss what the grace of God is all about. Remember, God's grace is his God-given ability given to us to be able to do what we cannot do in our flesh. And so when he says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, it simply indicates we cannot save ourselves. There is no way that we can uh, work enough. There's no way that we can do enough. There's no way that we can be uh, great enough to be able to be saved in of ourselves. It had to come through the power of God. It was through his power that he saved us. For by grace are ye saved through faith. But not only do we have the grace to be saved, but then how are we supposed to live our life in this sinful world? How are we supposed to go through tribulations and trials and difficulties in this world. It, it's very interesting when you look at 2 Corinthians and chapter number 12, Paul said, Lord, I'm asking you to remove this thorn in the flesh from me. And what did God say? God said, no, I'm not going to remove it from you, but my grace is sufficient for thee. Now, what did Paul, how did Paul respond to that? He says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul said, I would rather have the infirmity, I would rather have the thorn, I would rather have the trial so that I can experience the grace and the power of God to help me do in my flesh what I cannot do without his grace. And so without Christ, without Christ coming to this earth, born of a virgin, born into this life as 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 a human being, without him coming full of grace, then there is no way that you and I could be able to do anything for our God. We could not get saved. We could not go through trials. We could not go through difficulties. Look over in the book of uh, the book of Hebrews. Let me show you another verse over here that that helps to explain this idea of grace even further. Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, and notice in verse number 28, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 28, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. How am I going to serve him? All right. So we've seen grace is there so that I can get saved. We've seen that grace is there so I can go through trials. But just the everyday serving God in a wicked world is going to take the grace of God. 
I'm telling you, if you go through the Word of God and you do a study on His grace, it is absolutely amazing because you and I cannot. And that and that's why over and over the Bible says, He says, I fear that you have received my grace in vain. How can you receive God's grace in vain? When God says, hey, I, I'm giving you my grace. I am full of grace. And, and so I am wanting to give you the grace that you need to get saved. I'm wanting to give you the grace that you need to go through your trials. I'm wanting to give you the grace that you need to serve me. But when we do not use his grace and we try to, uh, we try to do it ourselves, then what we have done is we have received his grace in vain. In other words, we've sloughed it off. We said, I don't need your grace. I can do it myself. And that's, what, that's why people are going to die and go to hell one day, because they refuse the grace of God. God says, I've done the work for you. I have done everything you need to do it. All you need to do is accept it. But people say, no, I don't need God's grace. I'm going to try it myself, and I'm going to work my way to heaven, and I'm going to do the, uh, the commandments the best that I can, and I'm going to try to give as much money as I can to the poor. And, and, and we're trying to offer all of these things, and God says, you cannot get saved without my grace. You cannot get saved without my power. Uh, we try to we try to struggle through trials, and we try to struggle through difficulties, and uh we try to go through life, you know, trying to wing it. And we try to go through life with man's help. And God says, hey, you need my grace. My grace is sufficient. My grace can take you through anything that you need to go through. My grace can bear you up. We try to serve God. And how many times have we heard this from preachers? And I've said this myself, you know, there's, there is an extent that you and I can go where we can serve God in our flesh. But I'm telling you, if we want to go beyond, and, and this is what we're talking about when we talk about always abounding. One of my favorite verses is uh, in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. Notice what he says in verse number 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Watch this. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. There we see the always abounding. There we see the, the going above the average. I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. And so once again, we see Paul going beyond the average. We see Paul going beyond what was expected, beyond what everybody else was doing. He says, I labored more abundantly than they all. Paul was a weak man physically. Paul was a sickly man physically. But by God's grace, by his power, by his God-given ability, Paul was able to do amazing things for the Lord Jesus Christ, simply because when Jesus Christ came, he was full of grace. He was full of grace. But not only that, the Bible says, let's go back to John and uh, chapter one there. Let's go back uh, there. He says, this word that was made flesh was full of grace and truth and truth. So not only do we have everything we need to do what we need to do for God, from salvation to trials to service, whatever, we have the grace that we need. But he says, I have come, I was born of a virgin, I was born, I was made flesh, and I came not only to give you my grace, but I came to give you truth. I came to give you truth. 
Now, again, we could talk about this all day long. What, what is truth? Truth is conforming to fact or reality. It is in the exact concordance of that which is or has been or will be. In other words, it is the facts of life, undeniable facts of life. And God says, listen, I, I sent my son, I sent the word to be born of a flesh, and that word was full of grace and full of truth. So not only do I have everything that I need to do what God wants me to do, but I have everything that I need to believe what is right to believe. You know, we, we live in a world today where I, you, there are literally hundreds of thousands of religions and hundreds of thousands of beliefs, and, and you've got uh, governments all over the world that says this is right and this is okay and this is legal and this is not legal, and you've got the man's opinions over here and man's opinions over there. You've got opinions everywhere, and, and if it was not for Jesus Christ coming, if it was not for him being born of that virgin and coming to this earth and, and being true, we would not know what truth is. We would not know what's right and what's wrong. We would not know uh, what is up and what's down because he is truth. Remember Pilate said, Pilate said, what is truth? Jesus said in John 14, I am the truth. I am the truth. And he even goes even further in John 17, verse number 17, he says, thy word is truth. This word that became flesh is truth. Hey, listen, I don't have to apologize for what I believe. I don't have to apologize for where I stand on issues. I don't have to apologize for uh, my doctrinal statement. I don't have, because I can go to the word of God and I can say, this is the word. The word was made flesh. The word is truth. And so therefore, I know what is truth. And so therefore, because I know what is truth, that teaches me how to raise my family, that teaches me how to start a church, that teaches me how to pastor, that teaches me what my purpose is, that teaches me what my future is. All of that truth enables me to have a concept of life, a viewpoint of life that is based upon truth, that is based upon truth. Now, so when you stop and think about this, Christ, the word that became flesh, Christ is the embodiment of grace and truth. He is full of grace. He is full of truth. Everything in our being, our salvation, our strength, our hope, everything is found in the word. The law, remember, he goes down there and says, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law was all about what you do and what you accomplish and how well you can keep the law. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, you can't do it without me. You cannot know truth without me. You cannot, you cannot know what is right and what is wrong without me. And so that's why I tell you that I believe, and, and again, I know there's a lot of other things you could probably talk about, but I, 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 when I think about the coming of Christ, when I think about him being born of a virgin, and when I read this passage of scripture the other day, I thought to myself, you know what? Those to me are the two top Christmas gifts that I have received because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Because he came, because he was born of that virgin, he came full 
of grace and full of truth. He is the, he is the center of our being. He's the center of our life. He's the center of everything that we do for God. He's the center of everything that we believe. He is full of grace and truth. And uh, so that is the the theme or that is the topic or that is the truth that, that I want to try to get across to my family this Christmas is that when you think about the birth of Jesus Christ, and, and I know we talk about the Christmas story and, and that there's nothing wrong with that, and uh, we should read the Christmas story. We talk about the shepherds and the wise men, and we talk about the manger and the swaddling clothes and, and all of that, but, but I hope that you will think this Christmas just a little bit about the fact that when Jesus Christ came, he came as God. He was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word became flesh. And when he was born, when he came to this earth to be born of a woman, he says, I came full of grace and truth. Why? Because without grace and truth, you and I are absolutely hopeless. Without grace, we cannot get saved. Without grace, we cannot serve. Without grace, we cannot go through the trials. Without grace, we cannot do anything. We're hopeless. Without truth, what, where, where do we stand? What, what's right? What's wrong? Where, where, uh, what, what is in and what is out and what is up and what is down? I mean, there's just without, without truth, without a foundation of truth, then we have no hope. And so that's why I believe that the top two Christmas gifts that we received because of the birth of Jesus Christ was grace and truth, grace and truth. Well, I hope that you have a Merry Christmas. And uh, I know that, again, when I'm looking forward to spending time with my family and uh, so glad that my wife is back. And so I wish you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas and hope you have a good time with your family. And uh, thank you once again for all of your prayers and your support on our behalf in helping us to be able to serve the Lord here in Uganda. It is such a privilege to be able to be here. It's an honor to be able to serve the Lord here in Uganda. And uh, so just pray uh, that God will continue to give us many more years here and uh, pray for safety uh, as it is anywhere. A lot of people traveling during the holidays. And uh, so pray for safety as we travel, pray for safety as your family, your friends travel uh, to their different destinations as well. If you haven't done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, wherever your podcast platform may be. Uh, just simply type in Always Abounding or type in my name, Keith Stensis, and it should come up. And every Friday, every Friday, we upload a new podcast uh, for your encouragement and uh, hopefully will be a help and a blessing to your family. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, have a Merry Christmas and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.